Hi, Matt State from Martial Arts Business Dojo, and today we've got with me Tristan Shermack from the US of A. How you doing, my friend? Very good, Matt. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thank you ever so much for coming on and taking part. It's nice to be able to catch up and speak with you again. So um, for those that may not have heard of uh, what you do, can you give us a brief overview of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me on and reaching out. I really appreciate uh, the time. I remember our interview on my podcast, and that's one of the things that I do. I run a Aikido dojo here in the United States. I'm in Minnesota. And a few years ago, I started a, a Facebook forum called Aikido the Martial Side. And it was a discussion for Aikido practitioners that are particularly focused on developing the martial aspect of their Aikido uh, to, be, to be potent and powerful. And, uh, so I established that forum as a place for people to communicate. And, and along the road, I started a, par a podcast called Modern Aikidoist Podcast. And we just did our 100th episode like a couple of weeks ago. I'm almost to 110 right now. And mostly on just discussions of things that are relevant to not only Aikido practitioners, but martial artists in general about, about bringing in the martial focus and the self-defense focus to the, to the martial arts and not get um, so heavily into the traditional or the spiritual side, but balance that with the physical side. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I've done that. And then last November, I set up the Spirit Aikido online training program that as uh, content that people can get to for how I've adapted my Aikido to be more physically capable and more self-defense applicable. So I've got that going on and there's some new stuff going on that I know we'll talk about in a little bit, but that's a little bit of my background. I'm an Aikido instructor, lifelong martial artist, and I just can't get enough martial arts. Yeah, well, one of the things there that, um, that we want to highlight as well is that um, your martial arts background isn't just solely Aikido, is it? You've actually no. experimented and played with lots of different things. Yes, I, I have almost 30 years of full contact uh, competition martial arts in my background too. So I come from the, the background of not just theoretical martial art, but applying this against a live opponent who's trying to, trying to hit you and trying to take you down. So that's kind of the perspective I brought into Aikido. I loved Aikido from when I first saw it. And I saw the potential of the applicability within self-defense part, but I found that the culture was kind of shifting away into more of a spiritual path, which is fine. I, I like that. I like the philosophical part, but I don't want to lose touch with the physical. To me, they're all intertwined, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, I don't want to delve too deeply into the politics or anything like that, because sure. um, as we all know, that's a sort of murky pond for all martial arts, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's very clear within the Aikido fraternity that there's essentially uh, two sort of camps at the moment where you have, if you like, the more spiritual side and then you have the more, shall we say, physical side. Is that, uh, is that a fair analysis? from the outside? I, I the would agree with that. I've, I've heard uh, even a third camp, uh, but... But the breakdown is pretty much the same. And I think that's what you're going to see as Aikido gets in, goes into the future is you're going to see these two, I, rather than calling camps, kind of indicates that there's a conflict or, or direct competition between them, which, of course, every Aikido is to say, Aikido is not about competition. We don't want to compete. But at the end of the day, there is a, a few practitioners of each camps that are, have some animosity towards one another. And I think we yeah. need to grow beyond that it's fine to have the interest of whatever you want your martial art to be for you. That's cool. It's just, you can't be come down on other people for what they want their martial art to be, regardless of whether it's Aikido or not. 
but generally, yes, I would say that if somebody was hunting out Aikido and said, what type of, where should I go or what should I look for? I say anything, no matter what art you do, look for a teacher or a dojo that's doing the art that you want to do. Don't just look at the name above the door and assume that your interests will be uh, fulfilled there. Um, there are good and bad karate practitioners or good and bad jujitsu practitioners. There's good and bad. I mean, it's all over the place and some are good, but they're not exactly what you want to be doing. So uh, yeah. that's how I advise usually people as they look at it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, absolutely right. There's it's a lot of it is to do with the instructor, the individual, and it's what you resonate with individually, isn't it? And it doesn't matter. It, your goal is going to be different to my goal. And so, right it's a different thing so and the one um, thing i will warn people is is not to think of going into uh, seeing an instructor doing a different type of expression of the art you want to do and saying that's a bad instructor if you're not getting what you expect out of it it's a bad relationship they might be a good instructor for teaching the type of martial art they want to do but it's not suited to you um granted that's not saying that there aren't some bad martial arts instructors out there because there certainly are and the, the yeah. thing that I find the most objectionable is the ones that misrepresent what they're teaching to create a false expectation in their student. Um, yes. that's, that's probably, bigger. that's probably a subject you don't want to get me started on. Otherwise, <laughs> I, I knew you got a button, my friend. I thought I'd just press it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will hijack the interview and you'll not get another word in. for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's not go down that road. Um, sure. <laughs> so back to, back to with regards to yourself because you're very interesting in 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 a particular way and the reason i say that again is not to um categorize but quite often what you find with um with a few of the more famous people out there is that they they've gone from aikido to experience other arts and then if you like stepped away from aikido entirely mm -hmm. uh, whereas whereas you've actually you know worked at quite a high level in other martial arts but continue to stay within aikido and yeah. continue to work towards growing Aikido as an art and, and keeping it alive. Sure. Well, boy, and you, you now presented me with a rabbit hole to go diving down. So I'll try to keep this fairly <laughs> short. Uh, I've heard many, many people, especially in the past, in the middle of the 20th century, they were high level judoka, high level karate practitioners, and they found Aikido as sort of the next expression of the arts that they wanted. So really they kind of graduated into Aikido. And I think you're right. There are people that have gone into Aikido and hit the ceiling and said, there are so many limitations here. I need to go farther and they go find other arts. I've also met instructors and high level practitioners that have quit Aikido in disgust because they say it's just not physical enough. It does not deal enough with the physical side that I want to deal with. And that's the part that I can understand that type of person because I want my Aikido to be physically expressive and potent. So like, why should we be sending those people away when I feel like, to me, I'm more like the, in the last century, the people that said Aikido is kind of the, should be where p other practitioners go with the background that they come to it. It's sort of the finishing part on all of it. And so, I mean, we could get it going down deep into the evolution of how Aikido's changed in the last 30, 40 years. But I guess I'm kind of old school that way in that the, the Aikido that I want should bring all of the stuff that I've already been taught and learned together and make it a cohesive sort of a thing, not just be what modern Aikido tends to be, which is a segmented small portion of martial arts that people start in and then branch out somewhere else to. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Because 
Um, you started the uh, Shinjitsu Aikido Alliance, mm -hmm. which, which is an interesting project. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and I will have to say that that's kind of dormant now. And that, that is that I, I partnered with a few people, uh, Lenny Sly and Francisco de los Cobos, and uh, things kind of just ground to a halt. In fact, that's where my Spirit Aikido online program came from. The original plan of that alliance was the three of us were going to get together. We were all going to produce content and present it in one under one umbrella. So I got my content produced and I started, you know, doing all the work and I got to the point like I'm ready to go. And they weren't at the same point that I was. And I, rather than just sit and wait for them, I just said, you know what, I'm going to put up my own thing and we'll go on that. And if we ever need to come back to this and we can combine them, then we can do that. And I just haven't really heard much on it. So like, you know, I'm one of those initiative based people. If I'm going to off and go, I'm going and I'm not waiting around for, for others that are not quite ready. And, and I totally understand it. You know, Francisco's got a new infant child and I know I've not had it, had children, but everybody that I know that says that has had a child, like once you have a child, <laughs> you lose your life for a couple of years. So yeah, totally understandable. Oh, totally, totally. Priorities, uh, you know, they, they, they stack differently, don't they? Which is understandable. So, um, but that then has led you on to a project now, which is a sort of online university for Aikido, I believe. Yeah, I was just contacted recently. There's some, uh, a number of Aikido instructors that have put together this, it's called uh, Aikido University. And the, the goal is very similar to what the Shinjitsu Alliance was going to be, which is a video delivery platform for multiple instructors to come and present their materials. So it's like a central library where people can take courses and get in uh, content, video content and uh, certification courses for Aikido. And this touches on a subject that I brought up in one of my recent podcasts regarding the future of martial arts training. And that is, I think that, that organizations generally are, are pretty toxic in terms of politics. And I think that martial arts is now going to go along the lines of open source sharing of information. So when an instructor like yourself, rather than having somebody like me who's distant saying, I need to go through Matt State's full program of being a martial artist, well, that might be too much. But I say, boy, you've got some great combative stuff for close quarters somebody's in your face training and you've got a program that covers just that material and I can take that course and I can even video myself doing the, 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 the stuff that you did and stuff that you showed and I can show some basic competence and just get a certificate in that once you say, okay, I see the videos that you did of the work that I had you do and it looks like you've got it down. You can work with a partner really well. I think that rather than doing kind of the rigid you know, first degree black belt, second degree black belt, on and on and on, under one person or one organization, I think martial artists are going to start hunting around to augment all the holes and the gaps that are in their martial art. And because we've got this great video learning platform that's coming out, we've got the perfect opportunity to start getting the best from every instructor. They share their strengths and other martial artists can take advantage of those strengths and learn them. I think it's it's a kind of a great time for martial arts. Well, there's a there's a few positives and negatives to that that flag up immediately. Number one, if you're only going to take a little part of my of my course, um, right. how am I supposed to get rich? You need to pay me for years. Rather, <laughs> <laughs> if, if getting rich and vac vacationing in the Bahamas was your goal, martial arts is the wrong field, my friend. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Um, 
but on a more serious note, uh, the, the knowledge sharing now is very real in the current you know, age that we're in. It's the same with everything, you know, traditional universities, educational facilities, they're having to change how they do things. And so for us, it, you know, it's, it's going to be no different. You're absolutely right. However, I would ask, because if you think about um, a system such as Aikido, it's, it's based on tradition and formality and a heritage. And I suspect that that that's going to be a struggle to, if you like to, to get people to see the value in uh, a new way of doing things like this. Mm -hmm. Well, it will. It, people are resistant to change. That's just flat out true. Humans are, there are only a few people, few innovators at the leading edge that really warm up to doing things differently and better. And I would say in terms of the tradition and the formality and the etiquette and, and all that stuff, I view it like this, that imagine a cake and you've got, the sponge part of the cake that's the meat of the cake then you had the the formality that was a little light light bit of frosting that was on top of that that was the etiquette and whatnot eventually over time the cake got to be about this big and the frosting got to be about that big it just got lathered so much that the the original art tends to get watered down underneath it where you get people that are so absorbed into the etiquette that they lost track of the actual art and, and i would my favorite example for this is kudo and I, I tried Kudo, which is Japanese archery for a while. And I come from a family of archers. And so the, the lineage of, that I was inherited in terms of looking at archery is archery is putting an arrow specifically in a target. The form of how you do it is kind of important. But at the end of the day, that arrow's got to be in the target, period. Yeah. And what I found with Kudo is there's less, there's so much focus on form and etiquette and protocol and, and whatnot that it doesn't matter if the arrow hits the target or not. Like, well, what is archery then? And, and, and that is probably my favorite example. And I think a lot of traditional martial arts get that way because etiquette is easy. Learning how to tie your hakama the correct way, that's pretty easy. It's easy to dress up and kind of play at it. But the real work comes in being able to deliver, to be able to put that arrow right in the middle of the target every time. So maybe it's an expression of laziness a little bit to focus so much on the etiquette and the and the protocol and the, you know, who's ranked who and, and the politics and all that stuff. But uh, to me, I like the cake. Take the frosting off. Just give me the cake. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I am actually going to argue this point just a little bit because all right, let's it's do something, it. uh, well, it's something that, uh, that I was talking about the other day and it's very real. So one of my old instructors, a wonderful guy called Dave Turton over here in the UK, absolute font of knowledge and he is incredibly knowledgeable on all things martial um, but he also has a real depth of knowledge on the traditional english martial arts systems mm. and and they are vast and they're many and there's lots but what basically happened in the 70s and 80s was people forgot all about that rich heritage and history of our own systems because we all fell in love with the romanticized vision of the east and um, and, 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 and that kind of deal. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the physical skills as much as it was that romanticized notion. And I remember as a young man, I used, this is absolutely true, by the way, I used to wash my gi in the bath by hand, even though I had a perfectly good washing machine, mm -hmm. because I in some way felt that that was part of my journey. Um, yeah. No logic to that at all, really, other than it was part of, you know, my story that I was telling myself. And so I think a lot of a lot of the tradition and the heritage, although maybe not necessary, um, if we're looking at sort of reality kind of stuff, but 
I do think that is part of the draw for a lot of people, and that's what they're oh, sure. Well, and what you're talking about was how the Eastern arts kind of outmarketed your local arts. And and by the way, this was the, the, the whole spirit of Budo and the and the code of Bushido and stuff, almost all of that was handcrafted by a writer that had no idea about history. It's just as false as the code of chivalry going back to, you know, claims to go back to the 1400s. It went back to Victorian England and it was crafted by a writer who wanted to write novels that made, you know, the court's heart swell. And that's exactly what happened. And the same thing happened with the Wild West, where novel writers created this whole illusion of what it was like to be a Western gunfighter. They call them shootists at that time. Uh, the term gunfighter uh, was was a later a later evolution. But it was the image created that really was not true to the history. And so now you get writers who are crafting the image of the samurai warrior or the, or the knight or the Western gunfighter that, that plucks our romantic heartstrings more than it actually show, tell, shows us or tells us what the real warriors were like. Yes, yes. Well, that's, that. I mean, that again, we, we all want to be the hero in our own story. Of course. And, yeah. and quite often um, there are elements towards that kind of practice that that very much shores that up so um it's quite interesting because when you look at I, I'm, again i'm gonna be a bit contentious here um but when you look at for want of a better word functional arts such as mma bjj boxing you know where there's a very very clear you know right or wrong um i.e it's not right you get punched in the face um that that is a system of you fail until you get it right mm -hmm. and so that's a that do you think that's a slightly different mindset because you've been in but you you know you've been in both worlds oh sure and and i i want to say that as much as i like the physical i will say that if you're going to have any art that's going to have you navigating in the real world you need to have a philosophical base when do you engage the physical it's not just cut and dry like when i step into a ring i know it's time to unleash the physical that's what we're there to do period, end of story. There's no moral question of, is it time now? There's no boundary setting about, okay, how much crap am I going to take from somebody getting into my face before I decide I got to put an end to this? And those questions a sport fighter does not have to deal with. A real human being definitely does. And so I'm a, I'm a major philosopher. I love philosophy. I love getting deep into the, you know, the spiritual side of how do you deal with conflict in a way that does not put you into removing somebody's teeth or having yours removed. Mm. A sport fighter doesn't have to worry about any of that. His coach tells him or his manager tells him, here's the guy you're going to go fight. Here's when, here's, you know, it's just, that, it's just the physical part. So yes. uh, yeah, the, the, the spiritual part is definitely a component. If that answers the question, I guess. Um, yeah, it's heading that way. Yeah. I mean, consensual violence, i.e. a sport fight is not the same thing. I mean, that's just right. a, a fact. It's a exactly. great skill set and a, and, a, and a very tough arena to be in, um, yep. but they are slightly different. So again, that, that then leads us across because when we, when, we, when we come back to the accusation that um, Aikido sometimes is lacking in uh, functionality, then that then becomes an interesting thing because I, I don't practice Aikido. I've dabbled in it and I've, and I've played with some guys that do and I've had a great deal of fun with it and I've learned a lot. But I can see the vein that runs through it and it runs through a vast majority of arts. And so it's very interesting when people say um, Aikido isn't functional, they're also saying a whole lot of other things aren't functional because there's so many, so much of the same thing in it. So what's your views True. on that? 
Well, that's true. You know, one of the things, and I've heard all the, every single argument about why Aikido doesn't really need to be functional because we focus on other types of resolution for conflict. Well, do, do they? I've never seen an Aikido class that has role playing where they say, okay, here's the situation. You're standing on a bus corner, this person, now you're going to play the aggressor. You walk up to him and you start arguing and you got to get his watch or you got to get his wallet. Let's see how you role play that out. Well, how do you get better at anything? By practicing it. If alternative problem solving and conflict resolution is the focus of your art, show me how you practice that. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard of any Aikido classes that do that. I don't think I've heard of any martial art classes that do that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen some that touch on it. Even mine, I touch on that a little bit because that's an important part of problem solving in a real, real life situation. Mm -hmm. But there's a limit to the role playing because the, the, the situation is so artificial. And I've, I've talked and met with and trained with law enforcement that are pretty good at that type of role playing. And even that is very flaky. Like it's, it's a very hard thing to, to train. But if, if negotiation is your specialty, have classes on negotiation, like break down, how do you negotiate with somebody? How do you assess what their goals are versus your goals? And I, I am a negotiator and a mediator. So I study those things as well. Like all of that stuff is a major component of conflict resolution and Aikido is just the physical side of it. But to say Aikido training is the practical physical side and then to turn around and say, but it's not designed for, for physical conflict or, or, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why do it at all then? And, and I guess that's the circular logic. I hear a lot of modern martial artists or modern Aikidoists arguing about why their physical Aikido does not need to be physically effective. And it's just a nonsense argument to me. Um, when time goes physical, you better have a solid physical art. If you uh, don't, yes. Yes, you've wasted okay. a lot of training time. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a very real thing in the sense that, um, I hate to say it, but for all those sort of pacifists in the world, the only reason that you're allowed to be a pacifist is that there's somebody out there enforcing the rules that isn't you. Um, that's just the truth of the matter. And yeah. essentially, I mean, as, as we said, there are, there are different reasons for doing martial arts. It's not, it doesn't all have to be about fighting. It doesn't all have to be about self-protection. It can be um, the beauty of it. It can be fitness. It can be community. It can be friendship. There are so many wonderful aspects to martial arts that are outside of the physical that, yeah. um, that, that, that we, you know, that they have to be taken into consideration as well, and rightly so. Um, but one of the things with regards to you specifically, and I keep drawing back to that, is, is the fact that you've done a lot of contact sport, you've lived in a, in, a, in a world where there's quite a lot of real heavy violence, and yet you're still, um, you're, you're still working within the Aikido framework, and I, I, I wonder why you keep coming back to that. Why, at what, what point will you just say that maybe I should just, you know, jump the fence and, and check over that side? Um, why, why, why do you still insist on that? That is a great question. And, uh, and I'm glad you asked it because I, I thought about covering this on one of my podcasts, but I kind of keep backing off on it. I've touched a little bit, but the answer is this, and that is, if it gets to the point where I realize that the Aikido community has such a critical mass towards pacifism and, and towards being physically incapable, then I will probably just jump ship. However, the history of Aikido is quite robust. 
the the art as a sensei did it was incredibly powerful was incredibly effective and i think elegant in its strategy that's the part of the martial art that i want in my martial art and i don't believe that it was it, that oh sensei created this fence around aikido to say this is the only thing aikido is any of this other stuff out here is not part of it. He, in fact, said the opposite. He said, Aikido will always grow and change based on the different things that it's exposed to and the different problems that it will try to solve. I feel that, that the, the successors of Aikido, not only from the, his family, but just instructors in general, have said, you know what, Aikido is this big. And it's just, as the years go on, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And they say, anything outside that, Aikido is not. And they nitpick about techniques and and attitudes and, and strategies and, and the smaller that that area gets the more irrelevant the art's going to get i don't think aikido is irrelevant it shouldn't be i think it i think it there was great enlightenment brought by o sensei and his senior students to the martial arts world and for me to walk away from it by saying you know what that's just dead and it's in a box i want i want to bring that side of aikido back i want to help get those people that want aikido to be martially relevant together and make it stand proudly among other martial arts as being valid. I, I think that, that it is, it just yeah. has lost its way. Yeah. That's, and there are, I mean, there's I no denying, about. there's no denying that there are some fantastic um, martial artists out there that, that study Aikido and, and, and do it the justice it deserves. And that's, you know, that more of that, less of the other kind of thing. And it's a case of, it's a case of showcasing that really, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the right. reasons why I wanted to speak with you today because uh, I'm very aware that you are you're, you are holding up the flag for Aikido and the future of Aikido, and that's that, that's something that's really important because as much as I'm a big believer in uh, in evolution and modernising and making it relevant to the, the the foe we face today, I'm also very very aware that we owe a great debt to everything that's gone before, and without it, we wouldn't be here. So you know, it's in our um, that is in our custody, if you like, and it's for us to look after and hand on. It is, you know, uh, in the in the the organization that I came up in, when you got your showdown, you were granted a, a nickname by by our by your instructor. The nickname they gave me was Guardian Spirit, because they saw in me the person that like I I protect the students, I protect my fellow uh, students in the art. I I really I have a deep respect for predecessor predecessors and our ancestors and I want to try to protect and restore that art and so the one thing I wanted to say is that as we as this this thing goes forward that really the way that I look at it when I started competing I was a, a brand a noob I was just, I'd get my ass kicked by everybody that I would fight against I was not a natural talent but I, I had such passion for it and what I realized in time was that if you want to be a wolf You've got to find the wolves and you run with the wolves. Even if you've got to stumble to try to keep up, what I want to do is find the wolves in, in the Aikido world and band us together and bring on the cubs and the other, the other younger ones that want to, they want to be that. They want to be a potent, effective martial artist. And it doesn't take becoming a bad person. The people that I've run into that are the most skilled generally have very high character. Like they do not want to use fights to solve their, their conflicts or their problems. They are gentlemen, they are ladies, they have, you know, very strong, and every martial art, not just Aikido, but 
in, in every solid martial art, the, the, the guys at the top generally have the least amount of desire to get into a fight. But boy, if you get it, if they get into one, you know that they're going to end it and it will end pretty quickly. So to me, that's a respectable, not only a set of skills, but a respectable character. That, and that's what I've always wanted is to get to that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, um, <clears throat> I'm afraid we're coming out up to end of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's been great talking. And that's a great point to end on, really, in the fact that um, although we may have, you know, opened up a few conversations around Aikido, bottom line is you have a great love and passion for the, uh, for the art itself, as do I, and all arts. So um, at no point has it, has it been a negative conversation. So that's, that's brilliant in itself. So if people want to reach out to you, if people are interested in um, the kind of things that you're talking about and the kind, of, the kind of future that you're mapping out, how would they reach out to you? A uh, number of ways. They can contact me through Facebook. Uh, they can get onto Aikido the Marshall side and reach out to me there. They can visit my spiritaikido.com website. Uh, you can send me a contact note. I do have a page up there about the Spirit Aikido online program that they can sign up for, and it's 20 bucks a month. I think I still have this, the COVID sale going on, so it's 50% off that. It's 10 bucks a month for a gold subscription, and I think $5 a month for the silver, uh, which includes mentoring and whatnot. But um, yeah, a lot of ways you can get in contact with me. I can uh, just look. I know a lot of people are on Facebook, but a lot of people are not, so that's why I send them to the website. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking and thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Matt. It's great talking to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.